here we are at Pod and Market. Um, when most people visit Newark, uh, particularly from the outlying suburbs, um, the first reason they'll say that they're visiting the city is almost always they're going to eat somewhere. Uh, Newark has an outsized, outsized reputation for food. Um, a lot of it driven by a particular neighborhood called the Ironbound, but that's definitely not exclusive. Um, there are amazing uh, restaurants in the West Ward, South Ward, um, some old Italian places up in the North Ward as well. Um, but it is a defining, almost a defining feature of the city. Um, and you probably can say, you know, most cities are defined by their food. If you go to New York City, it's defined by its pizza um, par- uh, pizza restaurants, its uh, hot dog vendors. Um, if you're in, you know, um, New Orleans, you think of Creole Cajun cuisine. Um, and that's true. A lot of large cities live by the food that they serve. But Newark is unique in the sense that not only is it a vibrant immigrant culture um, with a lot of food traditions that are being brought here, Portuguese, Brazilian, Salvadoran, Nigerian, um, American uh, Southern cuisine uh, brought by the Black migration, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's not only that, but it's also um, changing. Um, there are a lot of new places coming on, a lot of new styles, a lot of them driven by young uh, Gen X, millennial, and post-millennial um, chefs and uh, restaurant operators. Um, so there's a lot of change going on, and I think it's an exciting time to talk about, you know, the future of food in the city. What it's, what's it going to be like to eat out? What does the city need? What does it do well already? Um, what should we avoid doing? <laughs> it's also always a good conversation. Um, and it's just um, going to be a really cool conversation. We had a conversation about bars already on this podcast, and I'm kind of it's kind of nice to balance that out with a conversation about the actual thing that you're eating. Um, so my guest here is um, the head chef at Barcade in Newark, New Jersey, Charlie Shelton. He is a professional eater of hot dogs, uh, an amateur historian of hyper-localized cuisine, and lives with the love of his life and two cats, <laughs> which he's indifferent towards. <laughs> but he was born in the South um, Carolinas and raised in the North, uh, New Jersey. And he lives to feed his comrades' stomachs and souls, which is a great intro. Um, so my first question to Charlie is, Taylor ham or pork roll? Uh, I knew that was it. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> I call it pork roll. Yep. But that's because my girlfriend is from Trenton, mm-hmm. and uh, it just makes sense every time you go down there. And uh, you see, you know, there's multiple brands of the same exact thing. Right. You know? Well, that, that's the funny part about it, because I, like, I always find this conversation weird, because it's like saying, is it American cheese or Kraft Singles? And I'm like, well... <laughs> See, but there's a difference. Like, Land O'Lakes American Cheese and Kraft Singles are two completely right. different, like, items, you know? Like, there's actually American cheese that's edible. Yeah, not, and right. Not Kraft. Right, and Taylor is like the, but the, it's the brand name, right? And as yeah. a legal matter, I can only say pork roll on the podcast, right? Yeah. Um, like, and if you go to ShopRite, you have the ShopRite brand, which I think is, what is it? What are the, they have two styles. It's like extra Tangy? There's, there's tangy and mild. Mild. There we go. <laughs> like, how do you explain what tangy is to someone? Because then another brand will have like mild and like smoky yeah. or something. And I think that's still just the tangy one. I don't know. Yeah. To explain to listeners who are new to the state of New Jersey, um, what is Taylor Ham? What is pork roll? Um, it's basically a ground meat product um, in the yeah. style of ham, I guess. Um, like a force meat. Oh, that's a good you way know? of describing it. Yeah. yeah. If you're, you know. If you've delved into charcuterie. Yeah. Uh, if not, forced meat is essentially just like, uh, you know, sausages, stuff like that. That's just like tight and it's, it's packed in a canvas sack and it's uh, just mash. Yeah. It's a, it's a sausage. Yeah. I mean, like that's that if you want to go more old school. And, and you slice it and you cook it any which way you like and you 
love the ever-loving hell out of it. Yeah, and it's, it's distinct for these little notches that I think they put in so that it doesn't it curl doesn't, up on you. It right? doesn't cup, so you yeah. get a full... A full sear across the thing. Although I was at um, Lo-Fi last night, which I will... Uh, sadly, it's not a Newark uh, institution. It's a new institution to um, Jersey City and the Heights. But they had um, what's called Detroit-style pizza, which is basically bread baked with a pizza topping. It's like a glorious Elio's. Uh, yes! Oh, my God. Yeah. So the person I was with last night, uh, I'm not going to call her out on this. Um, that She does listen. <laughs> uh, she, I was trying to explain what Elio's is to her. And apparently she had never like had it. Which is funny, I thought it was a national product, but maybe it's localized to... Maybe. I don't know. But I was like, it's just like an Elio's, but just higher class. And yeah. she's like, what's an Elio's? I was like, oh. And I started pulling up the um, the Google search of Elio's. But it's, it's really cool because it is... Um, it's nice and bready, but it's... Uh, the bread was... Very, the way they did the bread there was very light. Very crisp, nice. yeah, though. Very, yeah. yeah, and the, she, didn't like, and airy. she didn't like the burnt parts around it, which I thought were the... Uh, I know, the... Ugh. The little cheese. That's when I tried place. to explain the Maillard reaction to her, and it was just like that's that's when that's <laughs> the evening flavor is coming from. <laughs> yes. um, and I paired it with um, just for the cocktail geeks out there. I paired it with a white Negroni, which I describe as the white pizza of Negroni. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a great bitter cocktail, and then I had a last word after that, which was lovely. Sounds like a great evening. It was a great evening. Um, so uh, let's get back to Newark. Um, yes. So what? Let's start with the question, what does Newark do well with food? Um, well, I think, uh, obviously, we've already mentioned the Iron Bound. I think that's just an institution. Um, there's a lot of institutions as far as food in Newark is concerned. Hot dogs definitely yes. being one of them. Yeah. Not even just the Italian hot dog, but like you could probably spend a full eight-hour day riding through Branchbrook Park and going from truck to truck and eat a hot dog every 45 yeah. minutes and then sun up, sun down. Yeah. yeah. What's the one that's parked on Bluefield Avenue? I can't remember the name. JJ's. Yeah, JJ's. I know oh, that yeah. one because it's very close to where I grew up. That's yeah. like the uh, the one that everyone knows. And then it's Chris's is the one over on Heller Parkway. Yep. And they're all over the damn place. Yeah, Chris's. I've also had them too. Yeah, the, the, right next to the um, Branch Park Station. Yes. The Light Rail Station. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, someday I'm actually going to do that. Drive through Branch Park and stop at every single truck and cart. And have you should record party. that, by the way, in some kind of capacity. Cause It'll that'd be... It'll be intense. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to need some uh, some brioche, Alka-Seltzer, <laughs> what have you. Um, but yeah, I think like that sort of stuff, like Newark has always just kind of had that grab-it-and-go kind of thing. The steak mm -hmm. and take is something that yep. is not originally from here, actually. It started in New York City, and the only place I see them more often than not is in Newark at yep. places, you know, and it's great sandwich not are, are there more than one because i only know the one that's a halal one on mulberry that they're always parked up there's there. there's the two downtown and i think there there used to be a spot that i knew of that was uh like a a, a standing like mm -hmm. a storefront type spot i get confused because there are a couple in jersey city as well like when you go into the greenville neighborhood but mm -hmm. that's a different county different yeah, city yeah. et cetera, et cetera. um but yeah that's like something that you you know you only see in newark you know a lot of hot dog places, steak and take, just like grab and go type stuff. Um, and you kind of see that as we enter this, uh, this renaissance in this city, if yep. you will, um, you can, you kind of see that with the restaurants that are popping up on all the corners downtown and stuff like that. It's a lot of like quick, get what you get, what you want, mm -hmm. go back to the office. Yep. Cause it's a lot of go back to the office, go back to class in mind. So yeah, and it's funny you mentioned these are a lot of these are the classic food trucks that've been here for a long time. There's a couple of Porchies ones in the Ironbound that actually run by Porchies individuals. Mm -hmm. Like my parents actually know them. Um, but 
the um, what was amazing was in 2011, 2012, I had just moved to downtown and um, there were a couple of like new style food trucks that popped up that weren't part of like some like corp like corporation bringing like, you know, some famous food celebrity operating a food truck for like a pop up. These were like trying to actually thrive here. Yeah. There was a Thai one that used to park out in Washington Park, I remember. Um, and there was a burger one. I can't remember the name of it. And they all just disappeared after the summer, I think, 2013. They just kind of poof. Yeah. Every um, once in a while, I'll see some of them because I know there used to be a Filipino taco truck over by uh, NJIT. Or yeah. Or something. I think I know which one you're talking about. And every once in a while, I'll see it and I'll go, where are you going? Yeah. Because I, I want to go to there. You know, like they just I don't see them parked where they used to be as often because you used to see them up and down. Yeah. You know, off of Halsey and everything. Right. And, and I was it kind of drove me nuts because it was a nice way to get. Thai food, which there's only one Thai place in this city I know of on, oh, what is this stupid universe? What's one that between University it's, and Halsey, um, where McGovern's is? So, um, I was gonna say it's right across from from McGovern's. Yeah, it's right uh, across from McGovern's. Yeah, and it's, it's nine tastes. Like, like, yeah, yeah. closes at like four or five. Well, you know. that well, that's the second conversation about the the problem with downtown restaurants being like we're not going to operate like after four, yeah, <laughs> and also not operate on the weekends, which is something I think a lot of people are trying to change. Hopefully, yeah, absolutely. I mean. That, I think, is something that, you know, I've been coming to Newark for a long time, but mm -hmm. I've been living down here for about, like, four years, living right downtown. And I remember when I first moved in, you know, going to certain places that were around that were only open Monday to Friday, yeah. 9 to 5. And at that point, it's like you are using your hours to show who you are clearly catering to. Yeah. And you're not actually here for any part of the city. You're just here to make money off of these people that work yeah. right across the street. Mm -hmm. And... uh I don't think that's any way for somebody to approach um, doing something for a city. Yeah. You know, like there are people who live in this city and there should be restaurants for these people to go to, you know, on, on the weekends and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I'm not a brunch guy because I had to cook it for years. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather just make some eggs at home. But uh, there's actually nowhere in downtown other than one place right now to get brunch. And that's bizarre to me because yeah, there's restaurants. You know? Yeah, it, it it does drive me nuts. Um, I uh, I'm gonna admit to uh, an awful crime for a new worker, but I go to Montclair for brunch. Like, and I Raymond's is I, I worship at the Church of Raymond's, <laughs> as, I like to, as I describe it. But it, it is hard for me because it's like if I want a really good quality eggs Benedict, that isn't something like Tops is technically not Newark, but it's so close it may as well be in Newark. It, isn't it East Newark? <laughs> it's almost? East Newark, which I used to thought was actually a part of Newark. There's a lot actually of a separate, there. Yeah, a lot yeah. of Airquats. It's actually <laughs> even a different county. You're actually crossing county lines. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm like, I'm not going to go to Tops for uh, expensive. I'm also not going to go to Tops on a Saturday morning because you might as well. You're 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 better off like waiting for the second coming. Yeah. Uh, exactly. To get a seat. Um, so, you know, I always thought of this as an economic problem um in the sense i mean economic in the sense of like a classic economics 101 class of just like how do you incentivize restaurants to stay open and none of them stay open on the weekends because they're like well no one else is right and there's exactly. not gonna be enough driven traffic um there are obvious obviously exceptions well, where you work is uh has very good hours um uh actually for recent news you know who had also really good hours was ramen gami which um you know, I'm pouring out one for them uh, <laughs> metaphorically here. Um, and that was kind of sad to lose that because not only was it losing a great restaurant. Um, so to explain the recent news, Ramen Gami unfortunately had a fire, which pretty much destroyed the entirety of the business. Um, and uh, for me, it was not just hard to lose a good place to eat, but it was also they were open. 
Yeah. Right. They were they were not. Um, I shall not name another ramen place that is not open at the same hours, but they, um, you know, they were the ones willing to be open on a Sunday, which matters a lot to someone like me. Absolutely. You yeah. know, like come Sunday, I just cook at home every Sunday because mm-hmm. what other options do I have? if I want to just walk to go eat somewhere. Right. And not to knock cooking at home. I mean, like, I, I enjoy cooking for myself, but um, it gets harder and harder, like, as I get older, where, like, time is not my friend, and you know, oh, God, yeah. I'm busy, you know, with my work and this and, and other crazy projects. Napping. And napping <laughs> and cleaning, yeah. all that stuff. Um, so what's what do, we, what do we not have in Newark yet? It's kind of an interesting question. In terms of, like, food. Like what? What could be really cool to bring here? Um, that's a great question. I mean, there's a little bit of everything really in Newark if you really think about it. All all bases are kind of covered. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got as far as because there's so many different little, like uh, like I was saying, like those grab and go type places. As far as downtown goes, you've got a little bit of everything. Yeah, you know, you've got. Japanese curry places coming to town, which I don't even know of another one of those. Literally outside. across the street from yes. me. <laughs> and I'm watching that window every day for yeah. those labels to come down. But uh, you you really have a lot of everything because as far as this city right now, you as far as like the culture here, you have mm-hmm. a lot of everything. You always kind of did. There were always different neighborhoods mm-hmm. in some way in the North Ward, the South Ward, you know, yeah. Italian neighborhood, German neighborhood. Um, do we have any German places still? I mean, Krugs, is that technically German? Uh, it's, yeah, whatever. Krugs is great, but... That's just an American bar. Yeah, it's an American yeah. bar. Um, I hate co- people calling it a dive bar because I, I think it's not. Like, no. if you're making quality burgers with, I think, Pat Lafriere of beef. Yeah, they use, they use pretty good beef. Yeah, that. like, they're, they you're not like, a dive bar. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you look dive-ish. Um, and that's not because they're going for that style. They're, they're just, just literally they're just don't, worn. Yeah, the, yeah, they don't want to update the space yeah. for good reason. And I mean, why would you? If, yeah. it, if it looks good, leave it. Yeah, if you start having watermarks on your ceiling, maybe yeah. make a change. <laughs> Although I'm a big German, I studied German in college and high school, and I, I would love to. Like yes. <laughs> um, oh God, ich liebe Würsten so much. Yeah, no. <laughs> I can say spulst du die Toilette. Very useless sentence yeah. there. <laughs> uh, welcome to podcast Potter Market German lessons and uh, yeah. and whatnot. Um, but um, I would love to pick up Pilsner House, which I, th- I, I call it an ode to the Austrian-Hungarian Empire. Um, it's a, a Austrian-German-Czech-Hungarian-Polish restaurant um, from in Hoboken. I would love to drag that to Newark. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't. I don't think we have any actual German places um, no. here. No, not at all. Um, that's uh, a lot of neighborhoods that are just very long gone, and there's no. Yeah, Real, like well, speak, remnants of it. Speaking in, of that, when I think Sobieski closed two years ago, do you know Sobieski's? It was this, a Polish kielbasa place on Five Corners. Like, um, yeah, Five Corners is the end of Ferry when it splits into Wilson and yeah. and Ferry keeps going. Um, there was a a, a a Polish deli, I guess is what you call it, um, sausage maker, whatever, that had been open there for I guess decades. And I remember it when I lived in the Ironbound, and I think they just closed, which may have been the last traditional Polish, Polish meat market. There might be still some. I mean, the, that's the problem with the Ironbound. It's much bigger than you think it is. And oh, yeah. You never know what's, like, deep, deep. Like, I mean, there are still Italian places running deep in the Ironbound, I've heard, that, like, still, like, like are the, running. That's uh, such a stretch. Yeah. You know, like, I can't possibly cover the entire Ironbound yeah. on foot or bike or anything like that, you yeah. know. Um, 
the other parts of well, there's also parts of the Ironbound where you don't want to walk on foot, like yeah. junkyard land. Where uh, I joke, it's where they hide the bodies. Um, no, it's fun over there to ride your bike, though. Yeah, I am definitely kidding. There are eighteen some, wheelers galore. Yeah, and there's <laughs> potholes. I don't think they fix the streets out yeah. there. Um, but that's actually an interesting question. Like you know, so we're talking about German places that are no longer around, Polish places. Do you think, um, like, will there be um, what I call grandkids of Newark? The ones who, like, maybe grew up in the suburbs, maybe maintain some of the traditions. Do you think they might come back and attempt to, like, reignite some of that culture? Or is that some kind of, like, weird I like, mean, thing that won't happen? Probably, because I my mom grew up over in Lyndhurst. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when... I, I always tell people this story when I talk about when I moved to Newark. Like, years ago, I moved to Jersey City, and my mom cried because she remembered Jersey City as just a place that you went for no good. And when I told my mom I was moving to Newark... Mm-hmm. She was excited because she was just like, oh, you know, she used to come and starts talking about taking the bus to the Hain building to go to the department stores and stuff like that. And, you know, she has a lot of memories in Newark and she hung out here as a teenager and stuff like that. That's who I learned about JJ's hot dog truck from is actually my mom. She's got some very interesting stories. Yeah. Uh, Hanging out in the North Ward with uh, off-duty cops and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Yeah, those are stories in their own right. I mean, I'm just uh, just if you don't mind me asking, your mom was Italian, I'm guessing. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that the, there are a lot of Italians um, I've met um, who live in Nutley, Belleville, you know, like those, um, and Lynnhurst too, and other places like that, who have all these old stories. Um, it can get a little frustrating because they're like, you remember, I remember Newark when I'm like, oh, not this again. Um, yeah, but um, they do have some really cool stories about stuff that used to exist that like um, Vesuvios. What was the name of this restaurant? Um, I think they it's where they got the name for, um, speaking of chefs, the um, what's the chef's name on The Sopranos? Artie Bucca. Um, yeah, it came right to me. I think that was the base. I remember watching it burn because it burned in the mid-90s. Um, it caught on fire. A lot of restaurants catch on fire in this town. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that may have been the inspiration for Vesuvius's or Vesuvio's. It was Vesuvio's. The, in, Vesuvius in the was the name Paris. of the restaurant in North Newark. But there were a lot of these. There was Michelangelo's. That's now a, um, it was a tile store when it closed down and then became a church. Um, <laughs> oh, and then the Belmont, so this is no longer Newark, but it may as well be Newark Belmont Tavern. Belmont Tavern. I was like, right that's, that's where it gets gray. Yes, it gets gray. Are you in? Belleville, Bloomfield, North Newark. Or East Orange, know. too. Or East Orange. That's how close... It's called Tri-City, which is not fair because East Orange is also there, too. Um, it's really four cities, and you really don't know which one you're in. Um, yeah. You can be violating the laws of one without realizing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's funny to hear those old stories of, like, you know, these institutions, and some still exist. Calandra is most famous. I think it's probably the most famous yeah. Italian-American institution. Absolutely. You know, um, you got Calandra's, you got... Uh, again, Belmont Tavern is is one of those. You've got um, Nanina's. Is that new? no? That's Belleville at that point. Nanina's, I think, right? Is and I think was it Belleville or or North Newark is the what's it? Pizza, Pizza Land, Pizza Town. Oh, Pizza Pizza Land is actually not even this county. That's no, um, that's that's over. That's that, the other one. I get yeah. the two confused. What is Pizza Town? Is Pizza that the one Town that's on USA? It's oh, it's, that's that's on it's route, on like Mount, route three. No, it's on. Hmm. I'm thinking about over on uh, Mount. Prospect or something like that. I don't know this. this is news to me. It's a it's a tiny little place. Uh, I, I used to get pizza there when I was a kid every once in a while. Wow. Uh, it's pretty good. That's one of my struggles because I know the North Ward places, so Dickie D's, which is actually more known for its hot dogs than its pizza. But, yeah. Um, and there's a place called uh, Dino's, which I used to go to all the time, but now I think is um, unfortunately closed. Um, 
And I kind of miss northward slices. I I'm I know I'm gonna say something controversial, but I'm not a fan of the the, the eastward um, pizza places as much. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm always looking for like what's the best slice in town. Um, I do like a place in Montclair. Again, not to talk about Montclair in a New York show, but there's a really good place in Montclair. I will, and I will stand by what I'm saying. I don't care for Star Tavern. I don't understand the appeal of Star Tavern. It's you know, it's a. Greasy kid stuff type pizza. That's what I was going to say. It's like Chuck E. Cheese. I'm yeah. like, I walk into this place. And I love like, that sometimes. You do. You know? Yeah. Like, I just like, you know, I have the body of someone who likes greasy food, obviously, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, okay. So let's actually, um, so if we have to, you don't have to call particular restaurants, but if we're going to be like, you're going to bring someone to Newark, they're brand new to the city, and you have five dishes to give to them, mm-hmm. you know, on, on like one evening that they can try and be like, this is giving you the most full Newark experience you can have. What would be those five dishes? Or or foods or items you can um, interpret that however you will. I mean, obviously, I would bring them to hobbies for a, yes a sandwich, but uh, that might end the day right there because that sandwich is enough to feed a family of four. Right. Um, Assuming no one would get full. Like, yeah. let's just pretend this if is we're a we're all bottomless world. pits. Yes, but um, you're limited to five five places five or not places. It could be uh, foods. I just don't want to call it particular places just okay. in case you're worried about you know offending or picking a favorite. It's like picking a favorite child, and the other kids are like, "Mom, mommy." Why don't you love me? <laughs> but yeah, definitely a sandwich at Hobbies then. And a matzo ball soup. I and a matzo ball soup. The consomme. Uh, the consomme great. with matzo ball is great. Uh, yes. I get that and it's, quite often. I, I got what's called the old Jewish Manny, which is <laughs> uh, celery, matzo ball consomme, and pastrami on rye with no fixings. You, you must get the celery. Yeah. Sometimes I just keep it at home just in case because yeah. I might forget it. But uh, you must get the celery with that sandwich. Um, I would definitely do a JJ's, Dickie D's back mm. and forth. You just crossed essentially the street almost. Um, what's Dicky D's? What's the special bread that they serve it in? What's it it's called? It's the the pizza bread. Yeah, it's uh that round. It looks like a giant pita, doesn't it? Almost like a kind of like a bagel. It's got a hole in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And they cut a big old wad of it, and that's another one that's going to put you to sleep actually. Because if you get a double, you're eating yeah. half a loaf of bread. Um, peppers and onions. Peppers, no? onions, yeah. fried potatoes. Two oh, hot yes, dogs. Yes, the pot- I almost got potatoes. Yeah, I've made the mistake of eating two of those in one day. You know not, what I love is, is some some Italian guy named Richard DiVincenzo, whatever his name was, Dickie D, uh, was like, you know what a hot dog needs? Potatoes. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah, true. They put potatoes in an egg sandwich at most Italian places, too. It's quite delightful. I don't know if you've ever had one of those. No, I haven't. I Next time that. you have a, a late night, you know, and you need something to just kind of soak it all up in the morning, yeah. get yourself a, you know, you could go to the pizza place and get a potato, pepper, and egg sandwich, and it is just the... The epitome of hangover helper. God, that sounds fun. Great. Fact. Okay, yeah. so we've got um, uh, pastrami, whatever, and other stuff. At, um, we have uh, an Italian, Italian hot, dog hot dog and a uh, and a regular old dirty water dog from JJ's. Okay, yep, back to back, back to back. Oh, cut that as one. You don't have to cut that as two. Uh, that that could be one. Yeah, I'll okay. make that one. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we got two places down or two styles down. What's the right. n- next three? Um, I definitely would, uh, you know, bring them into the Ironbound for. You know, some churrascaria. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was going like to say, that. yeah, sure. Like, is probably one. Although I'm actually a big defender of the Northward. So people don't know about the Northward Portuguese ones, which I think are actually superior. Um, so there's Bloomfield Avenue Barbecue, if you haven't that's tried the, that. That's the green one where you just, on the, on the bus, I used to see the guy just yes, spinning them. spinning them, hand spinning them all back. the time. And there was um, a place called Fogo, which is now Justin's, which is also really, really good. Um, that's on Bloomfield Avenue near... Um, right across from the BP station, I think that's there, and Park, where's Park Avenue meets um, Bluefield. Okay. Um, I know like, people think of the Ironbound when they think of the Shurskaitas, these like 
Portuguese. Um, so described for the audience who haven't had them. Uh, it, Portuguese fast food is basically, and if you go to Portugal, this is like, they're everywhere. It's based on an African-style way of doing chicken. Um, and you put it on these like giant uh, gridirons or grills, whatever they're called. There's it's a like a, a griddle basket. Yeah, thing. That's, grill basket that is hand sp- uh, spun. Um, and, Almost uh, like a spit or yeah. a rotisserie. And it's a slightly spicy, slightly salty, so- dry sauce that could, well, it's a sauce, but it, it gets dry when you cook it. Yeah, it's, um, it's almost like a, looks like salt water when you sit and watch them. Because I'll, yeah. I'll sit and watch them at, like, I'll go to McWhorter's, is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, no, McWhorter's is good. Like, I, li- I do like McWhorter's. It's almost like salt water with hot sauce in it or something. It's, it's, yeah. and it's the best on the chicken because it's just so crispy. Yeah. You may have heard moist. it called um, Piri Piri chicken, which is not technically the same, but um, it's a very similar style to that. Not as spicy, though. As yeah, not as spicy. And I think that's a little bit like buttery or whiny or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That reminds me of like garlic shrimp usually. Yeah, that's actually yeah. more of a garlicky sauce, the Piri Piri. Yeah. This is more of a dry kind of brine almost. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah, I would I recommend a shrimp for lunch now. Yes. Um, and what's really cool about it is whenever you order them, there's always fries and rice. Oh, always. yeah. You always have to remember to like remind yourself as you're ordering, like, sub one of those out for a salad. It's uh, it's in your best <laughs> interest. Maybe some steamed vegetables. Oh, God. But you always forget. Who, what unlucky individuals ordering steamed vegetables at a shrimp <laughs> uh, This guy. You know, I'm, I'm almost 40. No, re- 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 replace the steamed vegetables with the jardinera they serve. I, I, oh. like, well, when you get the salad, that's mixed in. So it's it's perfect, actually. Until I started cooking on my own in like my like early twenties, I had no clue what the name of the pickled vegetables that was served with all Portuguese barbecue was called. I just called it the like cauliflower, the vinegary cauliflower, and it's called jardinera. I didn't yeah. know that. It's an Italian thing, and it's uh, delightful. Oh, it's so good. Um, okay, so we got chicken, uh, pastrami, hot dog. We've got two more. So what are the two, two? more? Um, uh, grandma pie from Tony's is mm. a staple in our household. Yeah. It's down in the Iron Bound. Yeah. Uh, their grandma pie is top notch. Yeah. Um, if you've never had a grandma pie, the reason we like it so much is it's very similar to actually a Trenton tomato pie. Mm. Yep. Uh, heavy on the tomato sauce. The cheese is usually underneath. And the crust that they do for a grandma pie is like a very crispy, yeah. um, you know, oily sheet pan type pizza. So yep. it's like. A denser version of when we were talking about the Detroit style earlier yep. to bring it pizza, pizza, pizza. Yeah, it's like the – it's it's as if the if, um, Chicago deep dish and, and a New York thin slice had a child. And it's yes. like this is like what would it look like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great way of describing it actually. Um, okay, so we have a grandma slice and then – I've got one more. Yeah, one more. And I would definitely bring that person to uh, any of the locations run by Kai Campbell actually. Just oh, yeah, because, Kai. Uh, yeah. I think that man is a great part of what's going on in the city right mm-hmm. now because he's about to open actually his third yep. location in the city. And, uh, you know, he's doing things that are, you know, he's born and raised here and he's doing yep. things. The one place he's got is pretty much him holding on to a historical institution yeah. as far as uh, Bragman's We're talking about Bragman's, goes. yeah, yeah. Bragman's you know, is like the another, other hobbies. Another, yeah. yeah, another hobbies. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to eat pastrami twice, we'll do that. We could, we could leave it, you know. Open. Yeah, blind testing. Oof, that's um, that's dangerous though because like that's picking between two. No, no, no. Kids. You don't have to. You don't have to pick. You know. Oh, that's we, true. Yeah. Who says you have two to? pastramis? Yeah. Or maybe you want to go. You know, he's got a while. He's doing the veggie burger thing, and that I think is just very uh, its own thing. A lot and of people really like that. People personally and I think told it's me the, the smartest. Yeah, it's the smartest thing he's 
he could possibly do at that location. Yeah. Um, if he wasn't so damn busy, I'd invite him on this podcast. But I know oh. that, like, if I take an hour out of his life, it's taking an hour that's, away from New that's the hour. <laughs> that's the hour he sleeps in a night, you know? That's, like, his his downtime. I'm, yeah. I'm convinced. He is a machine. He is. Um, um, and I'm really looking forward to it, actually, because I know that it will be a brunch option on the weekends yeah. in that rare occasion uh, when he opens the yard over in Military Park there. Yeah. That's going to be really, uh, really great. And I think that's going to be another type of place where it's, it's holding on to, um, yeah. it sounds like his approach is holding on to a lot of the cultural food that already exists in the city and giving it, you know, a bit more forefront mm-hmm. because it's, you know, as all these offices and stuff pop up downtown, yeah. there's not really a downtown yeah. anymore. There's, you know, there's residential stuff popping up, but these are people who, it's almost like a hotel room. Yeah. You know, they, they might not spend the night in Newark. They, yeah go you know elsewhere i'm very guilty of it myself you know yeah it's well we, this is a conversation conversation we had offline like yeah. we, we joke about this place in belleville this amazing pho place which when i was telling you about what cuisine seems to come here i was going to say vietnamese because i just am not for that stuff oh, but like we're guilty of it all the time because it's like you know there's no pho here and i really think it's a it's 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 better than chicken soup like it, it it's really, just so nice and clean yeah and like you could eat it and feel like satiated and yep and not hunt. maybe a little bloated just because it's a lot oh, of water totally but, bloated but but not like, blah, like yeah. you had a gut bomb or something like that. Like bloated, like, oh, I just <clears throat> drank, you know, a gallon of water. Yeah. It's like that type of bloated, which is, I think, a good bloated. Yeah. You know, it's healthy. Healthy um, to drink water. If, uh, so with your list, I agree with that. I would replace maybe the grandma ply with um, Vonda's. Okay. Um, so maybe something um, a, a bit more in the soul food, American Southern cuisine. For sure. Traditional African-American cuisine style. Um, just because it's like it's an experience it, it, that's one of those things where like you literally when I joked about Raymond's being my church actually going to a place like that in the South Ward or the West Ward is literally is going to church going to church oh, like or, or not to sorry I feel like there's actually a lot of this might be playing with sensitivities a little bit but people who go to church also tend to after church go to these places as part of the whole family experience um, so it's not literally church um, but um, going there is a really cool experience because um, uh, you just it's um it's just like kind of a buffet. And so there's always stuff. It's never just ordering a plate. Yeah. Like in so most restaurants. Um, and I would maybe would replace also, um, I want to keep the Italian hot dog, but I kind of want to replace it with Brazilian food, which is a whole different animal. Yeah. Um, I know we weren't calling out restaurants, but I'm going to call it one I love, which is Julissa's de Minas over on Pacific. Yeah. It's Pacific street. Okay. It's Brazilian buffet with really great music on the weekends. Um, it's gotten a little more crowded than, uh, it used to be, which is fine. That means it's, it's doing well. But yeah. it's you know it's, it's where a lot of Brazilians will go and eat. Um, and they offer a lot of cuisine, particular to an area of Brazil called uh, Minas. This uh, it's like the, I, I describe it as the Texas of Brazil. It's very ranch heavy, a lot of mining. Um, and there's this buffet style as well, so you can get a lot of these great dishes. And I brought vegetarians there for Brazilian. It's kind of hard to be a vegetarian to go to a traditional Brazilian oh, restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> But their dishes were pretty – what I love about Brazilians is is if you took a Portuguese person and made them a new agey person with, like, believing in, like, horoscopes and, like, you know, food, like, you know, like, making food, like, very much driven by like, health concerns. So there's a lot of, like, you know, you know, hearts of palm are great and are pretty healthy from you for what I, what I know. Um, and they'll have, like, a whole, like, thing of hearts of yeah. palm just to add to your food. Um, they always have like the the most wild like uh, yeah. all those uh, rodizio places have like the salad bars. Yep, some just like heaps of vegetables. Yeah, so this place I'm talking about is just like literally an entire buffet, and then the rodizio, the actual meat, you go up and you get it. 
And it's okay. brilliant because it's an inversion. So a lot of people, if you go to very famous Brazilian chains like Fogo do Chão or Texas de Brazil, it's they're all about the show of bringing you the the, the, the sword ma- the sword to the table. Yeah. This is the inverse. You go to them, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so much better. Yeah, because you go and get what you want, and then you sit back down as opposed to like waiting till someone brings. Yeah, because you're always looking for the guy with the sword. Yeah, too, and, and it's you, just like you're craning your neck, and yeah, it makes it a very painful experience to go. You know eat a lot of meat <laughs> it'll, it'll be more painful if you get stabbed yeah with the sword. yeah well that too you know god forbid you go to turn and yeah my god the sword is coming at you um what other i'm trying to think if there anything else we missed um that's like classic or new actually new things that come up um i'm obviously barcade not to you know mention um but they're really i, I think my the beer selection there is amazing um uh and the tater tots uh <laughs> um what else is Oh, you know a green chickpea. I'm gonna call them. They're really good. Um, unfortunately, they're closed on Saturdays due to um, strict kosher laws. But I do enjoy green chickpea for an alternative kosher option to yeah. these delis. Although technically, obviously, it's definitely not kosher. Oh, absolutely not. Um, there's a lot of yeah. dairy flowing around in there. Yeah, <laughs> keep your milk pa- plate and your meat separate. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. And there's actually ham. I've noticed that there is. Yes, there is ham. Um, See, I, yeah. I don't even like because when I order from there, it's just like yeah. Yeah. Pastrami. Um, so I want to ask you, as like an experience in food cuisine and actually food operation, like what um, what can we do to help restaurants, small or big, um, to make this a more welcoming environment or a more productive environment? Um, aside from just patronage, but like I mean, patronage, yeah, yeah number one, um, supporting them, you know. Trying to to make it a point of on the weekends and stuff like that yeah. because that I think is is the hardest time for a restaurant to to make money in this city mm-hmm. um, and you know it's only two days out of the week but that's two days that depending on the rest of the week could actually really hurt yeah and um, you know we we have a tendency to to leave the city on the weekends you know at, as residents sometimes. Because we're looking for something specific to eat, but yeah. like we have options here, and we should go to those options, you know. And that's a, a patronage, but specifically, I think that's just kind of because that's what our if we were to have a food culture here mm-hmm. that really starts to thrive, which is you know on the brink now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and not to say it never existed either. Like there's always been. You know, Newark is an art city and food is an art. And I think there's always been certain food culture in in this city in some capacity, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, if we're going to have this, like, renaissance of what's going on downtown and all this new stuff coming in, you know, and, like, celebrity chefs and this, that, and the other, yeah, um, patronage on the weekends is is, is huge. Because, right. uh, you know, it it keeps these things going on a, on a regular basis and makes it easier for them to do certain things, like know bring you know attract other restaurants into downtown and stuff like that and stuff that's not just grab and go and specifically for people that are not sitting down to eat yeah i want a healthy option of that too though of like what i miss other than three years in new york city and what i do miss is like i could go to palm frit at 1 a.m yeah um which is great um i do love a i do love a stop at the you know royal chicken and biscuit or something yeah the chicken checks do i gotta go to that one because they give me an actual biscuit I do not enjoy getting a dinner roll. Yeah, dinner I, I find it an offense. Um, they're usually pretty gross too. Yeah, 
Um, no, biscuits are, t- are like 100% better than dinner but, rolls. But uh, there's right? like certain – it's funny. If I want chicken a certain way, there's a certain place I'll go. Mm-hmm. All within walking distance of my apartment because usually if I'm getting chicken late at night, it's because I need yeah. the grease before bed. Yeah. It helps the Advil go down. Yes. Um, <laughs> it provides the digestion. Yeah. But um, like I'll, if I want chicken a certain way, I have to go to one place, but then they give you the dinner roll and it's a, it's a whole conundrum. Just, just get rid of the dinner rolls. That's all I yeah. ask. Uh, a fan of the Popeyes uh, chicken uh, and biscuit or uh, combo um, or yeah, I love that that biscuit. I'm you know I was born down south and and ate a lot of Bojangles as a kid. Mm. So I mean, um, fried chicken is actually probably my number one. Like everybody knows at work, like yeah. if I don't eat by a certain hour, I just settle for I just throw some wings in the in the fryer. So and that's that. One of the best uh, investments I ever made was um, I supported on a Kickstarter um, a sous vide system um, called it's called Jewel. It's very simple. I operate from my phone, and uh, I learned how to sous vide chicken and then fry it. And oh my god, it's it, so much it's better. It's a game changer. It is a game changer. Um, it means that you don't overcook the damn chicken while yeah. you're attempting to fry. Uh, or on the flip side, you don't burn the the outside attempting to cook the cook inside. Cook the inside to the all the way through. Yeah, it's um, kind of great. Plus, if you marinate it a certain way, yeah, or brine if you want to be more technical. Yeah, um, you can definitely uh, like I've done like I've sous vide the chicken in like tandoori spice and yogurt, oh. and then dredge it in um, like a chickpea flour. Clever. Like use that as the dredge, and you get it's almost like pakora at the Indian place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just drumsticks. It's like uh, fried yeah. chicken tikka. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I take fried chicken at home very seriously. <laughs> and as one should. Yeah, you know, you know. fun fact, uh, chickpea flour actually gets very, very crispy and nice, and so does rice flour. Yeah, I was going to say rice flour. So tempura, traditionally a Portuguese dish, Go Portuguese uh, Jesuits going to Japan brought tempura there. Um, that uses rice flour to mm-hmm. great effect. It's, uh, it was described by Alton Brown as a gauze-like exterior which yes is the best way to describe it and and it's like one of those like when i make dredge for fried chicken yeah. i actually do like some flour some cornmeal and a lot of rice flour and it's because like you can fry that chicken and have it sitting on a plate yeah you know and it will never get soggy oh yeah pick it I, just stays crispy forever i do picnics in branch Oak park at cherry blossom season um for my circle of friends and um, the beauty about fried chicken is it's a very good picnic food. Oh, um, absolutely. And it holds pretty well. I might attempt this year, um, not to reveal too much, but a tonkatsu version of this. Okay. To go, because the thing about it, um, it's cherry blossoms, um, you know, very Japanese. Uh, Keep it cultural. Yeah, right. And I wanted to maybe attempt um, tonkatsu. It also makes it easier because that um, um, just like doing tonkatsu, you can do large batches in, e- in an easier way than. Yeah, um, for sure. Because f- the problem with my oils, I. I, I I have to both be managing the oil and dredging at the same time if I'm going to do 40 pieces of chicken. Um, easier which can, said than done. Yeah, God, easier said than done. Especially if you, if you have a tiny kitchen in an apartment like I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I want to uh, wrap up the episode with uh, how I wrap up every episode. What are you excited about in Newark? What am I excited about? Yeah. Um, anything. could be anything. I think uh, just what's happening in Newark. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that there's attention on a national level being brought to Newark because, mm-hmm. you know, that's... Like I said, this was a city that was important to my mom growing up. This was, you know, some people grew up going into New York City. My mom grew up coming into Newark, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great to see a city that's been forever so rich in different culture, whether it be jazz music, arts, everything. Like, to see it getting, you know, this this bump and this ability to kind of finally come up on itself. And a glow up, as the kids say. Yeah. You know, as you yeah. 
Yeah. I, I'm very old. I just learned what that meant literally a week ago. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I'm at that age, too, where I'm like, oh, that's what the kids are saying now. Is that what that means? Yeah. You're, you're doing a lot of Googling. Urban Dictionary is my best friend. Oh, but it could also be your worst <laughs> enemy, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you for, go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, uh, when if I time this correctly, this episode should be coming out on um, the weekend of St. Patrick's. And um, it's just kind of cool in Newark. I think I mentioned this last year on the podcast that um, we still have a parade going. Oh, yeah. That um, parade is really cool. You know. It is really cool. Last year we had the mayor of uh, County Donegal here, which is really cool, and he spoke very uh, seriously about um, the divisions that may reoccur now that um, the UK is leaving the um, European Union. Um, but it's amazing to see that a lot of this cultural heritage is still here, even though um, many of the Irish uh, descendants have left. Yeah, Newark. for sure. Um, but that St. Patrick's Cathedral is still a center point. McGovern's is still a, and Kilkenny's are still a, that whole area is a center point for a lot of Irish people. Um, and it's just fun that they close down those streets, and it's a lot of people dressed in green and orange having beers on yeah. the street. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, I I poo-poo that stuff because I've worked in bars yeah. you know, my entire adult life so far, and it's a rough day. But at yeah. the same time, if from the outside looking in, maybe it's because I'm jealous because yeah. I'm not out. Right. Our saving, everybody having a great time. Our saving grace, however, is that we're not like Second Avenue. No, it's, not, it's not a bunch of green... Yeah throw up frat, yeah frat kids doing frat kids no it's it's actually like people hanging out like the community comes yeah. out and enjoys a parade and has a good time it's yeah. not a bunch of people getting completely schlitzed yeah and falling down um yeah i god i can't imagine what hoboken is like uh. on saint patrick's oh my god um so uh that's it for this episode i would like to thank our guest charlie shelton uh this is manny antunes host and producer of pot and market podcast editing a sound engineering by Bob phrase Podcast logo and design provided by Robert Conti. Additional creative input by Samantha Cateas. Pod intro and outro music by Dan Myler. If you have a subject you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, please email podandmarket at gmail.com or contact the pod through social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'm going to end with a quote very relevant to what we just talked about. Um, so St. Patrick's will be coming up. And I've been reading this amazing, um, it's not quite a thriller. It's not quite true crime. It's not quite history. It's all of those in one. Um, it's called Say Nothing, A True Story of Murder and Memory in Northern Ireland. And I'm guilty of this very much. I tend to romanticize um, the Irish um, struggle for independence from the British Empire. Um, and it's something that's very real. Um, and uh, within living, not, when I say living memory, I really mean not like, you know, old people in their 80s. I'm talking about like, you know, the people who are 40 years old who remember cars blowing up. Yeah. Um, there's a great show on Netflix. Um, well, it's actually not on Netflix specifically. It's originally from BBC Three. Um, called Dairy Girls, which is about being uh, young and teenaged during the end of the Troubles. Um, and reading this book, I think, is a really cool. It tells you the whole history, but it's 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 not the it's not a history of the Troubles. It's more of here's a particular incident, and we're going to tell you the history through how it relates to this specific incident that occurred. Um, and th this book tried to solve the mystery, um, and I won't give away whether it does of what happened to Jean McConville this uh, woman who disappeared. And um, I'm going to give away, this is the first, literally the first chapter, so I'm not giving away much. Uh, but the first chapter begins with what literally happened to her. And I'm going to read the last paragraph um, of what, the last time she was seen. On the second level, one of the walls was perforated by a series of vertical slats where the McConville children called pigeonholes. Peering through those openings, Archie watched as his mother was bundled into a van and the van drove out of Divis and disappeared. 
It would later strike him that the gang never had any intention of allowing him to chaperone his mother. They were simply using him to get Jean out of the flat. He stood there in the awful, wintry silence, trying to comprehend what had just happened and what he should do now. Then he started back toward the flat. The last words that his mother had said to him were, Watch the children until I come back. Thank you.